Have you ever wondered what kind of impact Mothers of America can have on a global organization like the United Nations? It sounds like a pretty intimidating task to me. Well, stay with us today as our guests share their experiences and the real stories on how we can support and encourage mothers and women around the world. Welcome to the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast, a show that lifts, encourages, supports, and educates mothers to do their best in their awesome responsibility to raise, teach, and champion the rising generation. Join us as we talk to and answer questions from mothers nationwide about the challenges, heartbreaks, joys, and lessons learned from one mother to another. We are so happy today to have you with us. I'm your host, Deanne Taylor. Our guest today, we have two of them. Canel Brandon has an undergraduate degree from the University of Southern California and previously worked in Washington, D.C. for the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. And she really did a good job there. She was named the 2006 National Young Mother of the Year by American Mothers and served as a national president for three non-consecutive terms. Canel became involved with the United Nations Committee in 2011 when she first became national president, and she was honored to moderate a panel for American Mothers on Human Trafficking at the 59th meeting of the Commission on the Status of Women at the United Nations. She and her husband Cliff have two adult children and live in Oklahoma, where Cliff previously served as a member of the Oklahoma State Senate, and Canel continues to serve in her community. She's a great volunteer. We're happy you're with us. Thanks, Dan. Our next guest is Kim Hoey Stevenson. She has always had an international outlook. In her early 20s, she backpacked through Europe and later covered maneuvers in Somalia during Operation Restore Hope. Later, she helped build a school for minority children in Pakistan. Joining the AMI-UN committee seemed like a perfect extension and, and a way for her to help harness maternal energy for the global good. She has been on the UN committee for more than six years. Kim is the mother of seven children, one biological and six stepchildren, which keep her very busy. She was named the 2013 Delaware Young Mother of the Year. Kim is a freelance writer and is a formal national member of the American Mothers Board of Directors and is editor of the American Mothers Magazine. We're happier with us today, Kim. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is also exciting podcasting. Yeah, it's kind of fun. <laughs> I love learning so many things about an organization that I've been involved in for a lot of years, but I cannot do everything and we all can't do everything, but it's something that I think is important. And I'm so impressed that you two are committed to helping mothers around the world by becoming involved with this organization. Canel, how long has American Mothers been involved with the UN? I first became aware of it when I was serving as president for the first time in 2011, when our national mother of the year was interested in our involvement there. And she had done some homework and was kind of living back and forth from New York and California. And she thought it would be wise to re-engage. So we looked at the history. It dates back to when Mamie Eisenhower was the honorary chairman from American Mothers. And she sort of brought 
this global perspective. Back as far as 1953, I found in my research, American mothers always had like an international relations committee. And they would have mothers who would follow the work of the UN as it was a new kind of international diplomatic body. And they would report back to the members, you know, what was going on in the world and how it was impacting mothers and parenting and the role of families around the globe. And so it was really quite fascinating. And when I was president that first time, Diane really got involved with our um, NGO status there. We're a registered NGO with the Economic Social Council at the UN. And that allows us some opportunities as a nonprofit to participate in some of their events, like the Commission on the Status of Women. And she found where we were able to sponsor some panels at the United Nations, which means when they meet annually for the Commission on the Status of Women, we were able to put together coalition of members and organizations that with similar missions to support mothers and families and focus on some issues that were impacting them, like human trafficking or mental health, maternal health, and access to technology for women and girls. So it's it's been a really fascinating experience and something probably one of the most favorite things I've participated with in this organization in terms of just educational impact for me and others personally. Thank you. I love the history of that, that we've had that connection with American mothers and recognize the need globally to support the mothers. We love to do it in America because they're so close and we can connect easier. But I know that we do have some global impact even today. People contact us and say, what can I do? What can I do as a mother? So that's exciting to me that we're reaching out beyond that. Kim, what brought you to the UN? Well, obviously your love of what's happening around the world. Right. It was announced at one of the American Mothers Conventions that they were talking about this work at the UN and that you could go during the Commission on the Status of Women. And I saw, I said, well, I want to learn more about this. I wanted to know what was going on. So uh, I signed up and got in. That was how I got started six years ago. Then it became, how can we get, once you go, then you're like, how can we get more people involved with this? Because this is so important. It really is. Canel, to be with the American Mothers group that goes to the UN, you have to be a member of American Mothers to do that, right? Right. We've always had that as sort of a stipulation, like you have to be a member. But really, it's open to the first 20. We're allowed 20 passes each year to allow members on the grounds of the UN when the commission is taking place and access to those meetings. But I will say that COVID, when the pandemic hit and they went virtual, in 2021 and 22, they opened it up. So it wasn't such an exclusive event to member NGO organizations. It was really open to anyone who knew how to access their link and, and sign up and register, which was unique. And this year it's a hybrid format. So we'll have those 20 grounds passes to allow our members access to the event in person. But there's also ways for non-members to access some of these side events online. So it's more open. Kim sent me that information. So I will have that information, how to link to those things in our show notes. So anybody who's interested can look at the show notes and get that information and work through that. This is the Commission on the Status of Women. And what year is this? 67. 67th session. And what is the theme? You want to do it, Canal? Oh, you can. 
It's one of those that I actually had to write down. It's basically, they're looking at the digital age. The big name is, uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, it's innovation and technological change and education in the digital age for achieving gender equality and the empowerment of all women and girls. And they really are looking at access to technology, I think, or yes. lack of. Yes. Right. And how right. different how your gender actually affects how much access you have and how many opportunities you have. So that is interesting. You don't think about that when you live in America, there's not any restriction normally for most people. I'm sure in some areas there still is some, but globally it has a huge impact on how women can learn and how they can become. Okay. What's a good word? learn and interact and be part of the society. One of the things that we found during COVID when everybody was locked down was that it affected women more than it affected men because men still had more access to digital media, to social media, to getting in touch, to get healthcare, to get services than women did globally. That would impact them every day. If it was even during the pandemic, it would impact them every day because it just didn't all of a sudden shut down on them during COVID. I think it brought more awareness to us, to all of us globally, that the women do not have that access. And it's critical for them, like you said, for health care or even just maintaining, excuse me, maintaining their lifestyle for their children especially if there's a shutdown in other areas. Right, right. So yes, so that's one of the things that they're working on this year. The UN Commission, the CSW is one, learning where everybody is and then talking about how can we get to a better place and coming up with a result. The end product is a resolution that's read and signed through the UN as to what goals do we have as to this kind of equality that we're looking for. So you were able to learn a lot because there's so many nations there at the UN that they bring their concerns, their issues to the table and everybody hears what they're dealing with. Then you help create solutions for that. That's the ultimate goal. So at CSW, the the main thing they do is they, they come up with the resolutions of this is, this is what our goals are. And then there's the different groups that are just going to town to try to figure out. But if they have the United Nations behind them and say, look, we got a lot, we got everybody on board with that. This is something we need to be thinking about. Canal, so you'd mentioned that as American mothers, we went to the United Nations, we brought like organizations with us to help implement other organizations that serve families and mothers that kind of work together to make that happen. So it's just not American mothers doing this. There are Um, other groups there. The main focus this year is the CSW is the digital age, but we've got the different, we've got the American mothers there. We've got, we have some teen groups there. We have people from Nigeria and all over Africa and, and Asia and everywhere. And they bring all of their own issues as well that they're working on. So I know we had connected with a group from, Sweet. Yeah. So I was going to say back when Diane was president of American Mothers. This is Diane Collister. I don't think we said her last name, Diane Collister. Yeah. Yeah. She was very involved at the United Nations and put together sort of a group of 
women she had met there. And she brings them to me and a few other women who are in New York for the CSW. And she organized what we, we refer to as the Global Motherhood Coalition. But it was really just a group of organizations who, whose missions aligned with ours. And it was really motherhood, parenting, what are the best practices for those? What does that look like in Sweden or Finland or Europe or the United States? And you know, what are our commonalities and how can we help each other? What Kim was referring to a few years ago, I guess it was really the last time we went before COVID, maybe in 19, 18 or 19. And we were there and, and met up with our Swedish moms and they were all focused on parenting from zero to three. Because in Sweden, the government likes to get the women back in the workforce as soon as they can after having birth. And these women in her organization are really fighting the Swedish government for parental rights because they know that it's so crucial that time frame from zero to three years of birth, that mothers are focused on their child welfare and child care, and that they wanted to be able to stay at home with their babies shamelessly without pressure from the government to get back in the workforce. Mm -hmm. That's what they felt was right for their family. And we were looking at that like, wow, well, that's our choice over. I mean, people need to work. Our options are so different, but there's no shame involved. It's just, you have to do what you do for your family in your best interest. And so we would have conversation with them and it was just fascinating. And they were working on a panel that was to take place in 2020 that would fo was focused on that. And we were possibly going to partner with them, but the pandemic kind of pushed that aside. But that's what's fun about it is you meet these groups from all over the world and you sort of listen to their stories and you can compare and contrast with what's happening in our country. And you might pick up something that is of value that you can bring back saying, oh, well, the women over in Nigeria do this. And isn't this cool? Or oh, we met a bunch of Ukrainian women one year and we were just fascinated with them. And they had the most beautiful outfits and they were brocade and detailed. And there was a little language barrier, but not enough to stop us from conversing. I can't remember why they were there. They were discussing uh, the women's role in the media, as well as in education and yeah, so, education uh, issues, yeah. And, and just and, and government rights. So, yeah. So I like the one-on-one -on -one that you get to do while you're there. You just aren't in panels and then in your own little 20 people walking around. You have an opportunity to break right. yourselves into groups and go and talk with other nations and representatives from other nations. And I, I think that would be totally fascinating because like you said, Canel and Kim, you both have mentioned the, the diversity of concerns in the right. nations. And yeah, some of those we don't have to deal with. Right. But we, some things we do. you don't even think about. I met a woman who was kidnapped. She was from it was it was an African nation. And I don't want to get the wrong one. She was kidnapped when she was 12 and put into a slavery group where it was she said it was a baby mill. They were yeah. they were creating babies to sell. This this so story was amazing yeah. to me that it like you're, you're kidding me this exists. so that sounds like human trafficking in a different way yeah yeah there's a lot of that and that one panel we met she was a malaysian i think young lady who had survived and her family sold her at a young age because they needed the money and so she had been trafficked all around the world the stories are so incredible to listen to and and typically our group and you know we have I don't think we've ever had a complete 20, but we, we have access for 20, but usually 
there's maybe a dozen of us that'll make the journey to New York for the first few days of the convention. And we split up because everybody has different interests. And so somebody will be at a human trafficking panel, somebody will be at a media, women in journalism, and uh, somebody will be in an educational panel and mental health care. It just depends. And the theme dictates a lot of it. A few years ago, there was a theme that was just really out there. And it was hard to find panels that would focus on issues that we cared about as an organization. But then we would all seem to reconvene at dinner and discuss what everybody had listened to that day and share stories. And it was just fascinating. And Kim, you have to tell the time. This is this is <laughs> where we were sitting, waiting. We were going to dinner and we had a run-in with a dignitary and you have to share. Really? That. Okay. <laughs> All right. I told him we're going to do real stories, Kim. So these are the real stories. <laughs> real. This is going to be embarrassing because I can't think of his name, but it was a former president of France was being interviewed two tables over from where we were sitting just before we were about to go out to dinner. And so we're kind of nudging each other. We're like, that's, that is, that's, you know, and, and had a, he had his entourage. So I'm like pulling him aside. I'm like, this, this is who we think. Right. And they're like, yeah, this is the former president of France. And I was like, can we say hello to him? I speak French. And so I went over and I said, may we get a photo with you? And he goes, who are you? And I'm like, we're the American mothers. He goes, oh, I'm speaking with the important people of your country now, you know? And so we have a picture with all of us in this president from France. So yeah, that was exciting. <laughs> well, and he recognized that we are yes. we're the American mothers and um, we represent a lot of the mothers in America. We are. And we have things to share that are important. Well, awesome. That's, that's the most important thing that we do with this and with American mothers is that we make sure that people don't forget that our job is and that we don't forget how important the job we're doing is that. Yeah. doesn't matter yeah. what else you're doing. If everything else is going to crap, if your family's going to crap. <laughs> I feel like that transcends too at the UN because they get sidetracked on so many different issues because it's it's a big world and their problems are diverse. But just to have American mothers listed there, have our voices there, whether we're sponsoring a panel or just our presence talking and networking with all these women from around the world, it's important because it brings it back to that just very simple task, which it's not simple in any way, shape or form, but it's, it's just as important as all the other issues that sometimes take center stage over the importance of the role of mom and parent and family and how, if it's strong, can provide lots of solutions to the problems taking place. So I think that's beautifully said, Canel, because they have to remember where the base starts. Everybody has a, a home base where they were born, where they grew up. And I know it's not always in a loving family, obviously, for people who were sold or or people whose parents were killed in war or whatever else. Their base is different, but they still start, we all start as, as infants with someone caring for us. And I think no matter where we go in the world, everybody has to remember that's where everybody starts. It's like I always <laughs> say, everybody has a mother. I mean, you may not like her, but everybody has a mother. Right, right. Canel, there's another exciting thing that American Mothers has an opportunity to do this year. Do you want to share that with us? Sure, sure. We So we applied to sponsor a panel at the Commission on the Status of Women this year. 
and it would focus on navigating motherhood in the digital age, exploring gender equality education and parenting amidst current technological trends. This sort of evolved in a little committee discussion we had about how can we take their theme and come up with something relevant to discuss as American mothers. And we looked at the digital age and just being a mom today with technology. You saw it during the pandemic when your kids were online learning. And if you had access to it, you were in a position of advantage over somebody who might not have access to a computer or a laptop or families with more than four children who were fighting for the laptop and the iPad. Right. Kim, you can give some more details, but it was just a really unique take, I thought, I felt. Yeah, we yes, because we looked at also how um, the digital age has affected our parenting. I'm part of a mentoring group that we're getting adults to come spend time with students in the schools. And one of the things that in training that came up was they said, how much time do you think the average child has one-on-one with an adult in a week. I said, well, it's probably like seven hours. I'm like, I'm thinking, you know, my kid comes home, I'll spend an hour with them one-on-one. No, it's 15 minutes, 15 minutes a week. Wow. And I said, that can't be right. And they're like, think about it. When you get in the car with your daughter, what's she doing? I'm like, oh yeah, she's on her phone. They're like, how often during the week is there a time when you are interacting without some electronic available or in somebody's hand, no phone, no TV, no. And I'm like, wow, I still think I'm better than 15 minutes, but yeah, it wasn't as good as I thought. (laughs) So that's the, one of the things that we're talking about, how can we be relevant and how can we uh, overcome uh, the bright lights and flashing ads that are coming up all the time to make sure that our kids are having a good dialogue with us and with other human beings face to face. We have to be intentional about that, don't we? As mothers, we have to make time so easy not to because they're distracted with so many other things. So that's a really great topic. I would love to have a report afterwards to see how that, if we get the panel, opportunity and what the resolution of that was that would be so fascinating let's circle back to that when that happens so we can talk about that yeah we'll know by the end of this week i believe if they accept us and we'll know what day it is and it will be available to everyone it's part of the un women sponsored forum where they put on parallel panels and those are available to the public so we'll we'll be able to share that one far and wide Good. And we'll make sure it's on Facebook and on the website. So the access is available. Then we'll talk about it after it's done and find out what we learned about it and what we as mothers can do to be better about that. And grandmothers, we picked up my granddaughter from the airport. We had a nice conversation for about 15, 20 minutes. And then I could feel her on her device. And she wasn't interactive very much anymore. And I'm going, oh, that's sad. That's sad. If we're chosen to do this, we're looking to have some of the American mothers are very involved in this in in a professional manner with the counselors and child psychologists that we could have them on there. Because our kids are, as one of my friends put it the other day, he goes, they don't get a break. He's like, when we were kids, if somebody had a problem with you, 
you know, you could go home and it would be fine. It was just that you could get away from it. Now you can't get away from it. It's still, you're still seeing it on your phone, even if you put your phone away. Whereas if there was a mean person out there putting something out, it might be to their 10 friends. Well, right. now it could be to hundreds of people online. <laughs> right. And you can't take it back. You can't say, I'm sorry, and it's taken care of. Right. It's out there for the world to know. We were just having this conversation with my adult kids last night about the telephone and how, you know, with cell phones now, it's so different and people just text and they don't really pick up the phone to have an actual conversation with the other voice at the end of the line and, and how growing up you had to make that phone call. You and you had to maybe talk to your friend's parent to get to your friend, you know, hello, <laughs> Mrs. Taylor, can I speak to Lola? Or, <laughs> and you learn so many life skills by having to do that. And now they just, nobody talks. I mean, they're missing out on so many things. I feel like that were invaluable just in preparing you for life. Which I think we're seeing in the rate of depression and anxiety that we're having with our children these days. I think that's right. I love what you're talking about. I think it's really important. But you talked about the different types of women who are members of the committee. They have a variety of background. And I think that's important for our listeners to know that if you're interested, you don't have to have a resume, a specific type of resume or experience to be a part of this committee. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. No, it's, I think the more voices we have at the table discussing issues that impact moms that might be relevant at the UN and what we are trying to do there, which is just represent American mothers. Yeah. The plus it's fabulous. I don't think we could have too much diversity in the mother range with American mothers. That's the beauty of this organization is it's just a quilt of American moms from across the country that that there's no one size fits all. It's like every size fits everyone. That's the beauty of it. I agree. I love the diversity across the board, age-wise and everything. It's an intergenerational. And I've learned so much. When I was a young mother, I learned so much from the older mothers about not only about who I can become, but what kind of a mother I really can become. And also now as a grandmother, I learned so much from the young mothers about what my daughters and granddaughters might be going through. And I love it. And I learned so much from that. And I want to thank you so much for being with us today, both Kim and Canel. You're amazing. I love what you've shared. And I'm looking forward to getting back with you when we hear back after you've done the panel, because I'm sure they're going to let American mothers do the panel. There's no reason why they wouldn't look at our moms. And of course, we have something to say. What dates is the Commission on the Status of Women this year at the UN? Okay, it's March 6th through 17th at the United Nations and online. It's a hybrid event. 6th through the 17th of March. March. Yep. Okay, so if they want to to attend, they better get a hold of Joy Stevens at presidentamericanmothers.org very quickly so they can be connected with Canel and right. learn more about being a part of the committee going. Right, because the registration will close on January 27th. So at that point, our group will be set. Okay, great. So they have to send an email to the president before January 25th so they can be certified, ratified, or whatever by the 27th when their name is submitted as part of the committee. Is that correct? 
That's, that would sound right because the registration will close on the 27th. Okay. So. And then March 6th through the 17th is the in-person. Do you go the full time? No, no. We usually just go for a few days on the front end because there's some special events and I'm not sure if those will continue. Is there anything else we want to share? We've got tons of stories about going to CSW. I would love those. But you, was, were you there? It was Michelle Wall and maybe Emily Brooks. And I think you were there and we were, we stumbled into the wrong room. I think we were trying to get into a human trafficking panel and it was full. So we popped in next door and it was some group from Brazil, I believe. And they had the Brazilian foreign minister was on the stage and I could be wrong on the country, but it was a South American country and everything was in Spanish and we didn't have the earphone for interpretation. And she was saying something from the podium and they were fighting her on it from the floor. And they, there was this, don't you remember that? And, and they were arguing and saying, she's lying and this isn't what happened. And we just sat there and went, wow, there's going to be a revolution in this room. It's time to go. <laughs> yeah, It was yeah. something else. Yeah. That one. Yes. I, I remember this moment. So I do remember looking at Michelle at one point and going, I wonder if this is where we're going to die. <laughs> time to go (laughs) thank you for joining us today thanks dan thank you i appreciate you having us we've had a great time talking about un and american mother's involvement in the un we're going to have canel brannan and kim hoy stevenson back in a couple episodes and we're going to talk a little bit more about that but did you know that there is a random acts of kindness day We will learn more about it and what we can do to promote this event during our next podcast. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of mom-to-mom encouragement. We understand that being a mother can be overwhelming, but we hope that you found something useful you can apply to your own life. We invite you to share this episode with a friend who might also enjoy the message. The mission of American Mothers is to support mothers, empowering them to positively impact their families and communities. We want each one of you to discover and share your innate, inherent, and natural abilities to bless your children and others. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of American Mothers Incorporated, its members or employees. AMI is not responsible for, nor does it verify the accuracy of the information contained in the podcast, nor does the series constitute any professional advice or services. We look forward to visiting with you one mom to another next week. Until then, just do your best at mothering and remember you're not alone. You've got an army of mothers all around you cheering you on.